Welcome to the Southwest Virginia Alliance for Manufacturing's Made in Southwest Virginia podcast. Each episode, we will hear from a guest about manufacturing in Southwest Virginia. Our guest will give insight into what manufacturing looks like today, manufacturing career opportunities, and exciting advances in manufacturing. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to the Southwest Virginia Alliance for Manufacturing's Made in Southwest Virginia podcast. Today, we continue our series featuring women in manufacturing in Southwest Virginia. During the series, we'll talk to our guests about their companies and careers, how they found themselves working in manufacturing, and advice they would give to women considering careers in manufacturing. I am so excited to speak to today's podcast guest, Krista Glassburn. Krista is the Chief Operating Officer of PBE in North Caswell, Virginia. PBE is a manufacturer and global provider of power equipment, communication services, data, and safety solutions. Krista started her career as a manufacturing engineer at General Motors before heading up business process improvement efforts at the FBI. Krista has a bachelor's in manufacturing systems engineering from Kettering University. She also received a master's in business administration and a master's of arts in education from Stanford University. She and her husband have a one-year-old son who currently keeps their two dogs quite happy in this season of life when he's learning to feed both himself and them. Krista, thank you so much for joining us for our podcast. Thanks for having me. That's a great introduction. I love the puppies made the introduction. Yeah, absolutely. So Christy, you aren't from Southwest Virginia originally. How did you find yourself here? No, that's right. I I grew up in Michigan, uh, which was, you know, similar to Southwest Virginia and the idea that we had one industry, which was the auto industry in our area. Um, So similar to Southwest Virginia with coal, uh, everyone in that area worked in the auto industry. Um, And unfortunately, you know, the auto industry had kind of a downturn. And and also I um, just kind of wanted to see somewhere outside of where I grew up. Um, And so I actually moved to California for school and then went to D.C. for a job um, and then just realized I just missed living in a smaller community. And also I just really missed manufacturing. So it brought us to to North Taswell, Virginia, which is a beautiful mountainous rural area that we just really love. Okay. And Flint, Michigan, where you grew up, is home of the big three automotive manufacturers, and your dad also worked in manufacturing. So tell us how your upbringing in that sort of environment influenced your decision to go into manufacturing. Yeah, that's true. My dad did work for GM, so did everyone else. So my uncles, my grandfather, um, even if you were working in accounting or finance or um, you know, service or anything, you worked with cars somehow in, in the, you know, Southeast Michigan area where I grew up. So, um, but my father worked second shift in a manufacturing plant as a dye maker. So he um, was in skilled trades and, and went through his journeyman apprentice training and all of those pieces. And so he would work nights. And so when we would go up, we'd take dinner. um, And then I, was lucky enough to walk through the plants at a very early age. I saw the big presses going through. And then I just also grew up in that world where all of my family talked about what they did all day long, which was manufacturing of of something. Very cool. Okay. So it's really cool that you got that exposure. A lot of folks wouldn't have. You got to be influenced by getting to see all those interesting things. A lot of people are also influenced by 
their parents' negative perceptions of manufacturing and they tell them, don't do that. But your dad was more like, here, come see the awesome things that we're doing. Very yeah, good. it was interesting. You know, I mean, I think on one hand, uh, my mother was certainly like, please don't work in a big, dirty factory. <laughs> oh, no. And uh, I was more like, this is so cool. Look at all the stuff that's here. Um, and, you know, plants and manufacturing are so different depending on which industry you're in that the idea is they're all this dirty, dirt, dirty, dirty in, you know, I don't know, just gross facility. Whereas, and certainly there are some of those and I worked in some and I actually loved it, but um, <laughs> others are super clean, you know, yeah. make electronic products. You have to be super clean. So Absolutely. A lot of people don't think about that. And while you were heavily influenced by those things, you've taken an interesting path to find yourself as COO of PBE. As I mentioned in your introduction, you haven't only worked in manufacturing. Tell us more about how you found yourself in the role you're in now. Yeah, yeah. So no, so I uh, love General Motors. I did a uh, co-op, Kettering University is a co-op college, so you go to school and you work for the whole time you're going to school. Um, and so I worked for GM that whole time. I loved it. I loved my job after I graduated. But the thing is, is that I was working in a very technical engineering position. Um, and I just felt like I wanted to understand more. I wanted to understand why the finance people did what they did and what the quality people did and what the HR people did. And I just couldn't understand it. And um, they had an online program where I could get my master's degree, but I felt like I was just going to be with everybody else that did exactly what I did. And I wanted to understand the rest of the world. So mm -hmm. um, I found myself going to business school in California, which was totally crazy and different, um, a different, just totally different world than I had grown up in. Um, and then when I graduated, you know, General Motors was happy to have me back, but in a very technical engineering role. Um, and for me, I wanted to see finance and the business side. And so the FBI um, came knocking and I went and answered. So yeah, it was very cool. I had a great experience. Um, the people there were wonderful and I, you know, processes are everywhere. So whether you're doing manufacturing or you're doing a form, following a form through a process, if you're working at a hospital, processes everywhere and improving those processes, whether it's in an IT system or a manual processes, you know, saves money, it saves labor, it provides better health and safety to our employees. Um, so that's what I did. And I spent five years doing that and I loved it. Um, but DC is a very big town. Um, yeah. And, you know, that just wasn't my husband and I's idea of where we wanted to live forever, um, which is also, I just missed feeling the product that we made. Um, you know, again, processes everywhere and it was a really cool opportunity and great team. Um, but I wanted to see what I was making at the end of a day. And so that's where I got back to, to PBE or Piaboom. Okay. And that's a great segue into my next question is what do you all make at PBE? And the tell me about the industries you serve as well. Yeah. Yeah. So initially our company was mining focused and U.S. government defense. So we made product for primarily the coal mining area here. We would make, um, communication systems. So the idea being that when you're mining underground, you have to have a radio that communicates and in a confined space. So there's a lot of electrical differences on the way technology works underground and in very small spaces. So that's what we did. We did gas monitors for them. We did tracking systems. Um, all miners wear a tag underground that tells 
us exactly where they are. So if there was an accident or they were to get hurt in some way or get sick, we could track them down, find them, get them back up very quickly. So that's what we really built initially. Now we're working on more diverse things. We've gone global now, so we provide a lot more work in tunneling. Um, and the same idea of technology, it's just that these are now in subway tunnels. And if you drive your car through a tunnel in the area and your radio still works or your cell phone still works, it's because of the stuff that we make that does that. So just a little different. And then finally, we're now in power. So we deliver a lot of, um, the, you know, you see the big power lines running through your company or through your town, but at the end of that, somebody's got to take that power and put it into the facility or into a mine. And so we're doing that as well. It's really exciting and different product. Yeah. One of the things I love about manufacturers is their scrappiness and that scrappiness requires them to be innovative and seeing companies like PBE who have overcome so much and have been so forward-thinking and so innovative to keep themselves uh, competitive and to make sure that you're continuing to provide the excellent jobs that you all provide. That is one of the things that really just amazes me about manufacturers. We have so many different manufacturers in Southwest Virginia. We have one company that has gone from manufacturing pool tables to now primarily doing electronics and government contracting and building military shelters, same location, but they have continued to grow and developed and companies like your all's just amaze me in your ability to thrive and overcome your obstacles. Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, we will, uh, we develop all of our new product internally. Um, but then we also partner with a lot of other groups and, and we try to deem ourselves to be problem solvers, right? So with some, where there's an issue and a product that doesn't exist in a problem area, then we're going to go after it. And I think that's, that's what's most fun about it. Every day is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. What does it look like to be the COO of PBE? Yeah, well, a COO position is very different depending on the company, right? So there's a lot of different COOs and they'll have a lot of different responsibilities. At PBE now, my position is very different than it was, you know, nine years ago. Now I support three large production facilities globally. So one in the U.S., one in Malaysia, and one in um, Australia, just outside of Sydney. Um, and then we have 13 sales offices. So we do everything from... Um, the financial pieces, although I'm not the CFO, but everything the product delivers, we buy all the parts, we ship all the parts, so supply chain, um, we design all the products, so we have product development, engineering, HR, um, and so really I'm just kind of over all of those pieces. I like to say the sales team goes out and wins the sale and then the operations team delivers it no matter where in the world that happens, and then we keep the lights on. Right. So the offices lights turn on because of us and we have nice facilities for our staff to go to. And, and in the COVID time, we have health and safety issues that we deal with all day long. So um, it's really a different role and every day is different, which makes me happy. And I get to work with people all day long, which is yeah, the yeah. other part that I like. That's good. That's really good. When you started out, you weren't thinking I'm going for the COO position. This is what I'm going to do when I when I grow up. How did you get to this point in your career? Yeah, no, certainly. I, I, I don't know that I knew what I was wanting to be when I grew up, to be honest. I, I knew I liked science and math, and I knew I liked processes, and I thought engineering was cool. Um, uh, but I really just always took the opportunity to learn a new thing. Mm -hmm. um, 
And when, when there's a big problem, I always like to be in the middle of fixing it some way. It's just interesting to me. And so I think because of that, you meet other people and you get it, you know, get into different environments. And, um, you know, there's a lot of times, for instance, that you can learn a lot more if you just ask the right questions and be in the right areas. So for me, that's, that's how I got here is just sort of slowly over time. I would say that my path is not a standard path. I mean, many people don't go from being a manufacturing engineer in auto to the FBI and national security to then mining technology. Um, but I would say that it's probably more common than not that engineers change industries as they grow in their careers. And so you shouldn't be scared to try new things and, you know, it's all process in one way or the other. Yeah, that's great advice. A lot has changed with PBE since you've been there when you started in 2011. Tell us about those changes and the successes that you've experienced since you've been there. Yeah, a lot has changed. I mean, in 2011, we were 100% U.S. coal and U.S. defense. Um, so we supplied everything basically in Virginia or the surrounding communities. Um, and then, you know, we had a really huge U.S. coal downturn at the same time as the military went through sequestration and cut down um, in the Afghanistan Iraq wars and all of those activities. And so we were really just struggling. We didn't know what we were and who we were as an identity and, and how we, we were going to keep this plant that had been around at that time for 40 years. Mm -hmm. uh, we're celebrating 50 years next year, but how we were going to keep the people employed that had been here for 40 years. And um, so we went looking and we bought international companies and we acquired them for their sales purpose. And then we moved their manufacturing here and we um, just kept trying to keep as many people employed as we could and make as much money as we could to buy other things and build other things and employ better people. And um, yeah, it's been a really big challenge and, and I'm just very proud of the team and, and their ability to change and develop. And uh, people are, you know, um, worth a challenge if you if you give them the chance people will always take up that or most people will and certainly in southwest virginia there's a uh, a strive towards uh improvement here that i think has been really fun to work with and you told me that in 2018 pbe was awarded the exporter of the year for the vedp from virginia economic development partnership so you were recognized for like we said that scrappiness and innovation that you guys have displayed yeah, yeah. What a great award to get that we didn't expect to get at all. Um, it, it really kind of just cemented to the team that their hard work and their struggles over the last few years have really helped. And, you know, a small town in Southwest Virginia can deliver product to, you know, 30 global countries a year and, um, you know, a made in Taswell sticker kind of idea, right? Like the stuff is all global and, and in so many countries. And so it's been, it's really opportunity and, and fun. We had to put a map on the wall because there were lots of questions over where things were going and no one knew what those countries were. So it's been fun too. Yeah. So Krista, we have a large variety and the type of people that are listening, people that are in manufacturing careers, parents of people who are considering careers in manufacturing. What would you say to someone who might be interested in the career in engineering or in manufacturing in general? Yeah, I think there are a lot of biased opinions on engineering and, and manufacturing. And, you know, I mentioned some of them earlier, but, you know, ultimately what I've realized on, on careers in engineering or careers in the skilled trades that go into manufacturing is that it really, you have the ability to move anywhere when, when you're in those positions. So 
certainly you might not stay at the same company for 40 years now, like my father did or my grandfather did. Um, you know, companies change over time, but you have a skill set that transfers between companies and between jobs. Whereas if a market does go out and you might have to move, but your skill set is easily adaptable to a new process and area. So I think most parents just want their kids to be able to have a job that they can support themselves in for the long term. Um, most people and especially children and young adults want to know that they're going to have a thing that they can grow and develop and move up in their career. In. And I think manufacturing and engineering can do that. Um, I think there's countless opportunities. There's a lot more positions out there than we can fill right now. Um, and the aging workforce that's out there right now is just going to mean that that continues. So if I, if my son was at the age of doing that, I would have no hesitation to push him towards a skilled trades, towards engineering. Um, I just think there's a ton of opportunity there. And you just addressed one of the main misconceptions people have about manufacturing in Southwest Virginia. Things that we hear over and over, there are no opportunities available here in Southwest Virginia. So as you just said, we've got lots of people retiring, a lot of positions that are both currently available and will become available. So that thinking that there's nothing here is very much not true because of manufacturing in Southwest Virginia. There's plenty of opportunities available. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is crazy too because people who live in the area think there aren't opportunities available and companies who are here can't find people to fill the position. So it's much more an issue of trying to put the people in the positions together and, and let people understand where those opportunities are because ultimately we have a ton of opportunities for people and we do a lot of internships with high schools um, and university students and the community colleges just trying to get people in the door fast enough so we can hold them here as they go through uh, and don't go to other jobs. So it's certainly a misconception. Absolutely. You believe that women all often get pulled into jobs other than manufacturing because of the negative perceptions that people have when it comes to manufacturing jobs. Just like you said, your mom was like, mm, I don't think I want you to do that. Mm -hmm. How can we start to change that? And how can we start to involve more women in manufacturing? Yeah, it's interesting, you know, I mean, I just, and I think that people just don't really understand manufacturing and modern manufacturing. And they also just think of manufacturing as being on a production line, again, in a dirty place somewhere, doing the same thing day in and day out over and over. And, you know, there are so many roles in manufacturing that you can do so many different things from supply chain to purchasing to quality and to engineering. And so I think that we just have to do more to get people out into modern manufacturing. We, I, I think, you know, Southwest Virginia for Alliance for Manufacturing is doing a lot of videos, a lot of activities, getting kids in for tours. I think as people see that, um, they learn, but but it is also a challenge, you know, especially women in manufacturing, women in general that are going into STEM careers are good at science and math. They get pulled into finance, they get pulled into medicine, they get pulled into all these other areas where um, there's only so many girls and women that get pushed into science and math. And that's the other thing is that we've got to get better at our junior high and high school level of not saying it's okay that you don't love math and science. You don't have to love it. I don't do math and science all day long now. I did in school, but I don't now. Um, 
I work with people all day long. So, you know, you wouldn't have to love taking calculus if you can just get through it to get to the, the finish line. And I think we have to do a better job of mentoring people to get through that and understand that that doesn't take you out of manufacturing or engineering because you don't just love calculus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it. I really appreciate that perspective. If there is a woman listening who's interested in pursuing a career in manufacturing or developing her career, what advice would you give her? Yeah, uh, well, if they're in school, I would suggest really reaching out to local companies and just asking for internships. You know, to be honest with you, um, it's hard to market internships and it's, but I think there are most companies that would be perfectly happy of having someone come for a couple weeks or a couple months and see this and, and do some work. And um, so reaching out to internship opportunities and saying, look, I, you know, I don't know what I want. Um, but also just applying for those jobs that are out there. Just apply for them. If you don't think you know anything about manufacturing, it doesn't matter. You know about process. You've you know, you know about other things and, and your position is fine and you will learn there. Um, and I think, you know, there's a, there's this misconception or this common phrase that women won't apply for a job unless they check every box mm -hmm. and a man will apply for a job if they check one of the boxes. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes if you get in for an interview and you come in and you see what it is, you can get a lot of confidence that you could do that job. Mm -hmm. It's just a little bit of fear of the unknown, I think oftentimes. Yeah. So just take the leap, try it out, see, see if you can see it and see what you see and see if you like it. And if you don't like it, you can always go backwards. But what if you do? What if you do love it like I do? And then you're there for 40 years, you know? <laughs> yeah, all right. Excellent advice. Getting that exposure is huge. And like you said, learning not only, you're going to learn not only what you do want to do, but also what you don't want to do, which are both incredibly important. Right. Many people are surprised to learn that the majority of the employees at your own company are women. What yeah. does PBE do to encourage more women to work there? Yeah, you know what? It's interesting. So we've been primarily woman-driven manufacturing company for probably 30 plus years. Um, and a lot of that was initially because the, the work was really small, electronics with hands. But secondly, it was a second career family thing. So the men in this community were in the coal mines and the women um, needed to be able to be able to get to the schools if they needed to get their kids or miss school if they were sick or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but over time, it's really kind of self-manifested itself. People recommend their friends to come work here. And so it continues to grow. Um, and I just think women are really good troubleshooters. They're good at um, problem solving. They're good at multitasking. They're good at remembering a lot of things. Um, and of course, it's small stuff. But that's not the whole thing of our business now. And so, um, you know, we just try to encourage internships, encourage family and friend recommendations or references. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's just a really interesting thing to see. And it, it really creates a different dynamic. My plant at General Motors was probably 98% male. I was probably one of the only females in it. Whereas here, I'm, it's completely opposite. So it's, it's a really fun and different world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. Krista, I have so enjoyed our conversation today. I love hearing from your experience, hearing about your experiences, I love learning about PBE and the path that you took to get here. Thank you for taking time out of your incredibly busy schedule to share those insights and those experiences. To close this out, I have one final question that we're asking all of our guests, which is tell me one of your favorite memories from working in manufacturing. You know, it's so hard. I, we have so many. Um, but I would say 
a couple of years ago, we had a really big order, which um, we thought was not going to happen. And everyone said it couldn't possibly get delivered. Um, and I came up with this really stupid thing of putting my finger to my head like a unicorn horn and saying, you know, we're going to make it happen. It's going to be magic. We're going to get to happen. Mm -hmm. And I just remember when that product actually left and the team sort of all sitting down and realizing what we had accomplished. Um, and the customer getting it and it worked and it was great quality and we got some good feedback on it. And, um, there's so many examples of that, but the teamwork that comes into manufacturing is such that it sort of creates these environments that you learn to be part of a bigger something um, and you make magic happen. Something comes out of nothing, right? So that's my favorite. Making magic happen. I love it. Thank you again, Krista. Everyone, I hope you will join us next time as we speak with other women in manufacturing in Southwest Virginia and work to show the community what great opportunities are available in manufacturing in our region. Thank you very much. That wraps up today's episode of Made in Southwest Virginia. Thank you to everyone for listening, and I hope you learned something about manufacturing in Southwest Virginia. Join us again next time for another great episode.